Hey, what's up everyone? It is Pastor Marcus here from the storychurchproject.com. Welcome to the Story Church Project podcast where our focus is how to redesign the local Adventist church to tell its story loud to a culture that is no longer listening. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is Marcus here, and this is the last episode of the year, which is just pretty huge, I guess. Um, I've had a really, really good time exploring a lot of really neat uh, ideas this year as we've talked about church, church growth, church optimization, church redesign. This is also the year where um, the ministry transitioned from just a plain blog, uh, which was previously known as Pomo Pastor, to an actual project, the Story Church Project, with the goal of resourcing, uh, training, inspiring, uh, and equipping uh, local Adventist churches to redesign themselves for mission. Uh, so this is actually the last episode of the year. Uh, the next time you guys hear an episode, um, it will be 2019. So I want to take a moment to to thank each of you who listen, uh, listen in every week, who comment, who follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, who are constantly sharing and checking out the, the uh, blog posts, the podcasts. Uh, I would not be able to do any of this uh, without you guys. Seriously, if I was putting all this stuff up and then I checked the analytics and like nobody was uh, <laughs> looking at it or listening to it, I would have stopped a long time ago. But thank you guys. Um, and those of you who've subscribed to the newsletter as well, who get the weekly um, emails and who have access to the online course, you guys are amazing as well. Thank you for, um, thank you for subscribing. And uh, yeah, so you guys have made 2018 exciting. And it's made uh, this project exciting because I know that at every step of the way as I'm developing and, and sharing new things, that uh, it's it's adding value to, to a good chunk of uh, people out there. I'm assuming most, if not all of you are Adventists. If there's any out there who are not Adventists, thank you for being a part of the project as well. I know I talk a lot about Adventism and uh, our culture and our church, but uh, I hope that you glean some um, some good value even though... Uh, you may not be an Adventist. That's assuming. I mean, I have no idea. It's not like I have a, a sign-up sheet that tells me what people's denomination is. But just assuming. Um, again, just uh, thank you. Thank you, guys, all of you, for, for being a part of this community. So I wanted to end the year by resharing. Actually, this isn't this isn't a brand new post. I didn't write it this year. This is actually the same blog post I wrote for last year during the Christmas season. And um, as I was pondering what I would write this year, I came back to this and I was just like, you know what? There's... This, this is so cool. And the thing is, last year when I wrote it, I didn't have a podcast. So this actually hasn't been shared in podcast. And I just thought, look, I really um, I really want to share this in podcast because there's some there's some good things here and people really enjoyed it last year. So hopefully um, it's it's a blessing again this year. Uh, it's, it's a blog titled, The One Type of Adventist Church That Gives Me Hope. Uh, the One Type of Adventist Church That Gives Me Hope. Now, you guys know I talk a lot about um, church culture, local Adventist church culture, where we are. Uh, where we shouldn't be, where we should be headed. And um, and in that conversation, there is not always, uh, what's the way, what's the best way to put it? Let's just put it this way. Um, <laughs> sometimes, not always, this is very rare. Uh, I'll get a message from someone saying, man, you're so negative. 
And that's never the goal, that's never the intention, because I believe in our church, I believe in our message, and I believe in, in what we have to say and offer the, the market of ideas and the culture. But um, with that comes the, the necessity to, to be real and to talk about some of the stuff that's uncomfortable uh, as far as the failure of our local churches. And, and so I, I do dialogue about that quite a bit. And, um, but there is one type of Adventist church that gives me hope. And that's, that's what I want to share with you guys uh, this week. And I, and I hope and pray that your local church is one of these. But if it isn't, uh, I hope and pray that 2019 is a year where it redesigns itself to be one of these kind of Adventist churches that give me hope. Now in Matthew 2, we read one of the accounts of Jesus' birth. And, and here's where we begin our, our blog post. Um, it's the story where the Magi show up in Jerusalem and ask Herod, Herod <clears throat> pardon, about the new king. Uh, you're all familiar with it. You know, Herod, Herod calls in the scholars for their input, and then he pretends to want to worship Jesus, but he really wants to kill him. Uh, and then the Magi find Jesus, they worship him, and scoot it back to Persia, um, or somewhere in that direction, because they get a dream from heaven saying, hey, don't go back to Herod, he wants to kill the child. Um, now, obviously, if you haven't read it, take the time to do so, because I'm not going to read it here. This is Matthew chapter 2 again. Um, but here's the main point that I want to highlight. In this story, there are three characters. Uh, three three primary characters. There's Herod, the religious teachers, and the Magi. Those are the three characters in the story of Matthew 2. And each of these characters have a different reaction to the birth of Jesus. For example, the text says that Herod is deeply disturbed and plots to kill Jesus. And I think everyone knows that. There's nothing amazing about that. No who's and ha's. Herod was pretty psychopathic and uh that's that's who we have he pretended to worship jesus but really he he's plotting to kill him uh, and then there's the religious teachers now they don't have any reaction this is the weirdest thing about it when you pay attention to the story they show up they give their scholarly answer to herod's question about the birth of the messiah and then they disappear from the story it's like they, they don't even care. It's like no reaction there. That's the second character. It's the religious teachers. And then there's the Magi. Now, the Magi are the pagans in this story, all right? Don't be confused. The Magi were not Christians. Uh, they weren't even Christians back then, but they were not Jews. Uh, they, we're talking about the pagans here. And they are filled with excitement and joy. They find Jesus. They worship him. They give him gifts. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I always find it funny when people are like during Christmas, they're like, oh, Christmas is pagan. And, and you know what? Like I respect everyone's view. If, if, if Christmas isn't your thing and, and you find that, um, you know, some pagan roots and stuff like that or something you can't really gel with, then, you know, don't worship it. That's fine. Uh, or worship is the wrong word. Don't 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 celebrate it is what I meant. Um, that's fine. Um, but I do find it interesting that in the story of Jesus birth, it's actually the pagans who who exhibit the right reaction toward Jesus' birth, right? The religious people, they, they it's like they're cold. They don't even care. And then Herod, you know, he plots to kill him. So I always find that interesting uh, because, you know, not, you know, sometimes we think, oh, paganism, it comes from paganism, it must be evil. Not necessarily. You know, there's a lot of beauty and, and beautiful people who create things in that world. And, uh, and I think that we can appreciate them in this story and what they've done in this story. And, and we emulate some of this in the Christmas season with the giving of gifts and, and all that. But anyways, let me go back to the blog post. Um, what does this have to do with our local Adventist churches? Now, here's the answer. The answer is simple. Your church fits into one of the three above characters or reactions, whichever way you want to look at it. So let's take a look at it. Some churches are like Herod. 
Um, it's weird, I know, but it's it's true. The story of Jesus disturbs them. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the Christmas season here, which, like I've mentioned, some people gel with for ideological reasons and some people don't. I'm not talking about that. I'm referring strictly to the person of Jesus. There are Adventist churches where the person of Jesus is a threat. I've been there. I've been an Adventist all my life, guys. Um, and he's a threat. His grace is too wonderful. His supremacy is too powerful. So like Herod, they pretend to worship him. But when it comes down to it, it's their own kingdom they want to protect, just like Herod. That's what Herod was really doing. He was pretending to worship Jesus so he could protect himself and his kingdom. Now, whether it be traditions or some ultra-strict theology, ideology, culture, or political identity, there are, oddly enough, churches that, like Herod, say, we too will worship him. But in reality, they're only interested in preserving their little empire. And if Jesus were here in person, such churches would be among the ones who sought to get rid of him. Now, some of you may be sitting there thinking, dude, that is so spot on. I've been to those churches as well. And some of you may be sitting there thinking, I've never experienced that, man. What in the world are you talking about? So let me explain the other two because, you know, some of us experience are going to experience all three of these and some of us will only have been exposed to one or two. But here's the second one. Other churches are like the religious teachers of the law. This is perhaps the most common one among Adventist churches. They have all the answers, they have all the doctrine, they have all the knowledge, and they're big on the prophecies, they can quote texts with ease, and they're, they're very particular about their theological brand and identity, but their hearts are cold. Their worship is dead. There is no enthusiasm, no joy, no excitement. It's as if they have gotten so caught up in theology, they've forgotten to be human. Now, if you challenge their theology, they'll come on with answers and propositions. But if you ask them about Jesus, you won't get much of a reaction. They'll fight about all kinds of things, worship styles and music styles and dress standards and health reform, etc., etc. But if you turn their attention to Jesus, it's like all of a sudden... They don't seem that interested. They'll drop a few theological answers on the table and then disappear from the conversation. I've been to churches like that too. And I've met many Seventh-day Adventists like that as well. Super happy to sit down for three or four hours and pontificate back and forth about women's ordination or you know some other new trend, the, the, the uh, emergent church or whatever. But when you just say, hey, let's talk about Jesus, man. Let's 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 just bask in his presence and his glory and just just enjoy being there and have a conversation about just him. No controversy, no no crazy stuff, just Jesus. It's like all of a sudden <laughs> it's like the cat's got their tongue, right? Um they're they 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 don't have much to say. So that's the second kind of Adventist church that I've been to. And then there are the churches that are like the Magi. I love these churches. These are the churches that give me hope for what Adventism can become the world around. Now, they're not that common, all right? They're about, you know, they're, they're about as mythical as a unicorn, all right? Like, I'm not saying they don't exist. They do because I've been to them. But they're so few and far between. And yet, at the same time, they give me hope. They show me, okay, we can do this thing right here. Now, they don't have it all together. The members are broken people who come from the foreign lands of sin and confusion. Again, magi metaphor here, guys. Follow me. 
And, and while they know what they believe, they're on this journey of growth toward Jesus. They've read the Bible. And in there, they've seen a light and they're following that light. They ask questions. They travel any distance to find answers. Again, stick with the Magi metaphor here. <laughs> um, and they're filled with excitement and joy. When they worship Jesus, they do it with enthusiasm, with joy. They don't have an ego to protect. They don't have an image to project and no person to impress. They're lost in Jesus. They bow to Jesus. They bring gifts to Jesus. And when God speaks to them, they're willing to return to their foreign land to tell others what they've experienced in Jesus. I love those churches. I wish they were more common. The second one that I mentioned, the religious scholars, they're the most common. And then there's the odds Herods as well. I'm glad they're not super common as well, but they're there. But I wish that the Magi churches were the ones that were most common. So my question to you today is, which of these best reflects your church? Or maybe your church finds yourself some, somewhere in between, you know, some of these reactions. Maybe a little bit of Magi and a little bit of Scholar or a little bit of Herod and a little bit of Scholar, you know. Which of them best describes your church? I don't know. But here's my hope and prayer uh, for you guys throughout 2018. Now that it's coming to a close and as I look forward to 2019, here's my hope and prayer for each and every one of you. My hope and prayer is that every Adventist church in the world would react to the story of Jesus just as the Magi did. Not only during Christmas, but all year long. Because if we do, if we come to God, if we create a community founded in, in, in the Magi's reaction to Jesus, I believe that will be a church that can make a difference we could never have imagined. And I'm not talking about methods and strategies or any of that here. I'm just talking about a culture of people who are so excited about Jesus that it's contagious and it's beautiful and it's redemptive and it's inspiring. And they don't have it all figured out. They don't have all the answers, but they'll travel any distance to experience Jesus. That's, that's what I would like all of our churches to be. So guys, I want to close out 2019 with that challenge and with that vision for you and your local church. And I don't know who you are listening. Some of you may be pastors. Some of you may be elders. Some of you may just be church members with no particular role whatsoever. I have no clue. But regardless of who you are listening to this podcast, reading these blogs, I believe God has called you to make a difference in your local Adventist church. And so I want to inspire you to pray for your church, to lead your church, to challenge your church. And if you need some help along the way, that's what the Story Church Project is here for. Subscribe to the newsletter if you haven't done it because you'll get access to what I've discovered are the three simplest changes that you can make to your church to, to to turn it around just three really simple changes it's amazing guys it's so simple it's funny you'll probably laugh um about it and you can go to the storychurchproject.com slash start and uh, or just go to the website and click the start button in the middle of the page it'll take you there and again that's just if you need a bit of a hand you know just just something to give you a push to start off on but maybe you don't need anything maybe you've you already know what direction you need to go in and you just need a community of people to encourage you and inspire you uh, and if that's the case, hopefully, if you're on Facebook, hopefully you are, you can look up the uh, Adventist Evangelist and Church Optimizers page. Uh, I think it's Adventist Evangelism and Church Optimizers page. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a closed group, but it's a free group. And um, you can join our group there. And uh, it's, it's just a great place for you to share your ideas and your thoughts and, and you know, just um, get some 
get some encouragement, get some prayer, uh, get some feedback. It's awesome. Um, and look, as we look forward to 2019, there's going to be new blogs coming out, new podcast episode. There's going to be a new book coming out. There's going to be a Bible study set coming out, all kinds of cool things. So just keep your eyes open, guys. And uh, again, my vision is to redesign the local Adventist church for mission. And, 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 I, and I envision a world in which every single local Adventist church in the planet is, is designed for mission. And they're making a difference in their communities. Uh, that is radically impacting the culture around them. So guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for following this project. And once again, I want you to think about what kind of church yours is. Is it a Herod church? Is it a scholar church? Is it a Magi church? My prayer is that it's a Magi church and that if it isn't, 2019 is the year that it heads in that direction. With that said, guys, I just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May it be the most amazing season, even if you don't necessarily celebrate the holiday. Again, I don't know, but may it just be a great time for you anyways. And I'll catch you guys in 2019. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's latest episode of the Story Church Project Podcast. I hope you were blessed. If you haven't yet had a chance, I want to invite you to head over to thestorychurchproject.com and subscribe to the newsletter. Not only will you get the latest updates every week, but I'm also going to send you a free gift straight to your inbox. You don't want to miss it. I'll catch you on the next one.